Welcome to the St. Patrick Catholic Community Podcast in Scottsdale, Arizona. We are Christian Disciples in Mission. I want you to think about your most loving relationships, whether it's your spouse, your children, friends, neighbor, people that you just love with all your heart. But when you see in their lives doing things that are wrong, that are hurtful, that could cause pain and serious injury to them or people around them, you get upset. And you use language to try to correct them in ways that are exaggerated. Things that you might do to them. Things that you're feeling. Things of why you don't like them right at this moment. And you use language that can be very, very exaggerated. And it's not meant to be taken literally. And we do that often to people we want because we want them to turn their life around and do what is right. I think we see that quite often in the Bible. When we talk about God's wrath, sometimes some religious people are now saying that what we're currently going through in the world is part of God's wrath. And I think it's important because Bible is hard to understand and it takes years to really sit with it and figure it out is that what does uh, the Bible really think about God's wrath? It's important to know that when you take the Bible as a whole, a lot of hyperbole is used. That's a word that means exaggeration, but also not meant to be taken literally. Okay? God's wrath then is not like human emotion of anger and revenge. But the Bible would explain throughout the entire Bible of the stories that God's wrath is a zeal for souls. A zeal for souls. Just like when you and I love someone and they're erring in their ways and they're wounding and hurting themselves. You use language to the extreme that says you've got to come back the right way. And that's really God's wrath where the language is used to an extreme to say, come back, come back to me, you're living the wrong way. Scriptures talk about that today, for example. Our first reading from the book of wisdom deals with God sending the second plague to the Egyptians during the Exodus. Israel is not being let go by the Pharaoh to the new land. And so, God is using these examples even towards the Egyptians to what? Not to punish them. Because the Egyptians too are invited to experience the mercy of God. To turn around. To stop their erring ways. Even when they are oppressing Israel, God wants their hearts to change and to turn around. That's how God reigns. That's how God uses his power and love, that it's even meant for people who are erring, who are wrong, who sometimes do bad and evil things. And wisdom is reminding us that even God wants the Egyptians to turn around. Jesus uses parables to teach stories of always inviting, never forcing people, but inviting people to sit with it. And if you're going to take parables seriously, you have to be open to be challenged and enlightened in a new way of thinking. Parables don't work, even from Jesus, if you're not interested in learning new things and learning what God is saying. 
What is the central teaching of Jesus Christ? Many times people will say, well, love your neighbor, love your enemy, turn the other cheek, do good for people, and don't forget to help people. That's not Jesus' central message. The reign of God is Jesus' central message. The reign of God, the God's way, mindset, the way he wants us to live is here now and will be in the future. That's the central teaching of Jesus. And so what is the reign of God like? He says it's a lot like where God throws the seed and it grows. But in the night, people whose hearts are dark and those who deeds are not to be seen in the light spread the weeds. And the thought is, is that, Master, let's pull up the weeds too so that the good people will be saved. And you know, for some strange reason, the master says, no, leave them together. Because if you pull up the weeds, then some of the good will be destroyed and hurt. The background to this is that the Pharisees are upset with Jesus because he chooses to eat with people that are unclean, not holy, who are sinful and lawbreakers. And the Pharisees see themselves as the elite and self-righteous. And they place their role as being God in judging people. They would never associate with people who are considered lowlifes, people who are nobodies, people who live a bad life. The Pharisees are people who say they're not our kind of people. And they determine who is in and who's out. The most painful thing that religion does, including our Catholic faith, is we get caught up in our human ventures that we like to be in the parable to tell people who's in and who's out. And those who are weeds and living lives that are erring, immoral and not right, pull them out, toss them away. The parable is remind us only God judges. I like to judge people. I like to categorize people and put them there because it's sure a lot easier. I stay away from the bad people. They shouldn't be around me because I'm only working with good people because they're easier to work with usually. And only God will make the final judgment. So what can happen then is that we can judge in harsh ways. Remember, there's a difference between using good judgment and judging people harshly and wrongly. Using good judgment means, well, maybe I need to get a different set of friends because they're not really loving me as I are. They don't bring the better way out. You don't hate them. You just simply walk away. Jesus does that quite often. When people reject him, he doesn't try to convince them and cry over him. He just goes, okay, I have to move on. And sometimes we have to do that too in making good judgment in who we allow into our lives. Judgmental is then being so harsh that we wound the dignity of people. I don't know. After 17 years, the United States government decided to do the death penalty to one person. Where did that come from? When most countries in the world have said the death penalty is no longer necessary. We, in this country then, decided to take life. We played God because we know better because it's time to pull the weeds. And do you really realize how opposite that is? 
And yet some Christians go, we have a right to do that. You're for crime. You're for everybody to get away with everything. Well, you know who you sound like? Kind of looking there. You are playing God. You and I do that when we make decisions of who's in and who's out. If anything that this COVID-19 has really challenged the church to do, and it's hard, is that can we be more inclusive? Now, that just doesn't mean like you do programs and everybody can come in and everybody can come to the table and everybody, you know, will sing songs of welcome and all. It really means that no matter what the person is struggling with, they have dignity. We have to have the same zeal for souls that God does. So when we use the word God's wrath, you and I think of the human emotion, anger, revenge, put people in their place, toss them in the fires of hell. And that's not anything what the Bible teaches. Hyperbole, exaggerated language, not to be taken literally. Just like when you and I get mad at people we love, we say exaggerated things, not meaning it, but we want them to turn away. So does God, and so should God's people. The greatest sin, one of the greatest sins of religion, of church, of our Catholic faith, and even our parish at St. Patrick's is we determine who's in and who's out, and we love that. And we go opposite of what the parable is saying. It doesn't mean you accept sin, and it doesn't mean like do whatever you want and and live whatever way because it's going to be okay. No, because when you love someone, you have zeal for their souls to live the right way. Because if you allow people to do harmful things and to do things that harm themselves and other people, then that's not love. And that's not the kind of love God is calling us to. We're going to have to sit with this parable. My goodness, I've been a priest for 34 years and I'm 60 years old. I'm barely understanding the scriptures. It takes a long time. And Jesus understands that. You have to sit with it. You have to think about it. And you're going to keep growing on it. This Bible stuff is hard work. I always tell my parishioners, I'm only a chapter ahead of you. You know, it's, it's hard and difficult to fix and to understand. But here's what Jesus is saying. Don't judge. Don't be harsh. Don't pull the weeds of people's life. God is patient and merciful, even with the Egyptians, even with your enemies and mine, in the sense that people don't love us or want to do harm to us and all. Jesus isn't saying, don't pull them out. Have zeal for them. Want them to change. Use language that's exaggerated. Don't take it literally, but to say, I want you to change their life and come back. Don't be families that break apart because... They're so angry and saying, you're going to hell. You're living the wrong way. You don't go to church anymore. You don't believe in God. You're no longer part of that family. That's not what God is saying, going, good for you. Thanks for abandoning your children or your parents because they're living bad ways. Sometimes you have to step back for safe reasons. That's understandable. Use good common sense, but never give up. And never divide the family because of our self-righteousness and our elitism, that we're living better in the right way and you're not. That's exactly what this parable is saying. Don't be afraid of God's wrath. 
All it is is God having zeal for souls. To have conflict in our lives. To wake up and go, what am I doing wrong? I've got to do the right thing. And God wants all people, including you and me, to love him more and to stop erring in our ways. Thank you for listening to the St. Patrick Catholic Community Homily Podcast. We are Christian Disciples in Mission, 